Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Welcome back to another live edition of Locked On Bills. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Nisseri, uh, joined by Aaron Quinn and special guest, Riley Amon. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. How, how's it going, Riley? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And Riley is uh, joining us in a crossover edition here. He he joins us from uh, Rights of Bucks Nation from SB Nation and uh, Breaking Football. He covers the draft over there. So really good to have Riley on to kind of give you know our Bills coverage a little bit of uh, spice and a little bit of um, give our fans a little bit of insight from the Buccaneer side of things and uh, really, you know, really tune into some of the things they're doing well over there. Um, you know, we'll start with you, Riley. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, any, any quick nuggets you can let our viewers know. Oh, uh, you know, uh, in May, I uh, started writing for Breaking Football, so I uh, do scouting reports and uh, player analysis for the draft over there. And then uh, just for training camp this year, around uh, July, I would say, I started writing for uh, Bucks Nation with SB Nation, and I tried to do uh, film breakdowns and other things of that sort over there. Oh, great, man. Well, it's, it's awesome to have you on as we love doing these crossover shows. We get a lot of questions. We get a lot of buzz. People really like to hear um, thoughts from someone else's uh, perspective. And, you know, Aaron, you know, we'll, we'll go over to you. Uh, what initially intrigues you about this Bucks-Bills matchup? Uh, well, for one, I'm just excited to get back to football after a long bye week and, and see if we can re- bounce back from that loss and kind of get things back on uh, winning uh, tracks here and keeping that playoff hope alive for Buffalo. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at and just kind of interested to see what Riley's got to tell us about the Bucks because I haven't yeah. gotten to see a lot of them except for that Pats game. Yeah, absolutely. Riley, first we'll start off by like, how, how did it, how did it feel to have your, your team on hard knocks? Did that bring any buzz? Did that do any good, bad? Give us kind of your brief, quick rundown on the, the whole hard knocks experience. Well, I think uh, Hard Knocks is plenty of fun. It kind of brings a little bit more excitement to training camp, obviously, just because the cameras are there. And every play, you know, there's a potential for it to, you know, be on TV and that kind of thing. So uh, there were a couple shots where I was, uh, like, in the stand shooting video, so it was kind of cool to see. But uh, it's just cool because, you know, it kind of makes the competitiveness that much more. And, you know, uh, going into even just the season, we didn't know who Riley Bullo was, and he hadn't flashed that much in training camp, was a third-string undrafted rookie, and he ended up being the show's star. So I think it creates uh, – it kind of creates bonds between the players that you kind of recognize when they play on the field and things that you uh, kind of keep with you. Absolutely. And was there anything you were able to take away from Hard Knocks that you know really showed you something that you wouldn't have been able to see? Any angles, anything off HBO that you wouldn't have caught? I mean, I know you mentioned Riley Bola. Is there anything else that you were able to take away from the experience? Oh, no, I think it's cool. Uh, they gave a lot of shots uh, inside uh, GM Jason Light and uh, head coach Dirk Cutter's office. So I think it's cool. They've got the spreadsheet with the roster breakdowns, albeit it's blurred out. But I think it's interesting that they just kind of have a spreadsheet that they go through and they adjusted the depth chart after every practice and kind of looked at uh, this guy's on the bubble, but we like him for a practice squad role, whereas uh, this guy uh, doesn't really seem to be fitting onto our team right now. And I think that was interesting. I think it was interesting to see the discourse, and especially uh, in that last episode when they talk about uh, the signing and the cutting of the players, you know, seeing guys like uh, Anthony Auclair go into uh, 
Coach Cutter's office, but able to be told that uh, kind of the positivity that they're making the team. But then uh, those other guys, you know, like uh, Jeremy McNichols, uh, where he's released, but he ends up uh, still alive, but he ends up signing with San Francisco. So there's drama in that way as well. Absolutely. Now, anything that you saw in there, anything in general that ended up, you think, giving you a competitive advantage or a competitive disadvantage? Or would you say it's kind of just a neutral experience when it's all said and done? You know, I think uh, Hard Knocks was on uh, Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock, but uh, they screened it to the coaches uh, that morning usually. And the coaches kind of said if they saw anything that they thought would give them a competitive disadvantage, they would point it out or they would say something about it. And they're really, according to all reports, there wasn't really anything that happened in that way in terms of uh, having something be taken out or something that was an issue. But uh, I think it's just interesting. I don't think that they reveal that much. Like, they kind of didn't really show that much in terms of play calling. They just kind of, I think, Hard Knocks doesn't focus much on the structure of the game or the play calling as it does the people. And I think that's what makes it so cool is that you get to see the backstories and the information about guys that you might not have known already. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, jumping right into this game this week, you know, um, you know, a lot of a lot of Bill's interest in the fact that, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is your number two quarterback and, you know, got played pretty decent in his, you know, debut last week. And, hey, we call it here in Buffalo kind of like, I, at least I do, like a little bit of a curse when he's your backup quarterback. You know he's going to get his games in at some point. Um, he did here and he did pretty much everywhere he's ever played. So do you have any brief opinion on your backup quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know, I think Fitzpatrick was kind of a spark last week. I know he threw two bad interceptions, but I think he was uh, much more accurate pushing the ball down the field. But I also think that's kind of a product of, uh, like we saw a couple weeks ago with the Browns and Kevin Hogan, where a backup quarterback comes into the game, and the other team's defense just didn't game plan for them throughout the week. And I think it, uh, they just weren't as prepared for him. And he's, uh, he's kind of a different brand of passer than Jameis is. Jameis is more kind of brash and takes risks. But Fitzpatrick, uh, although he makes a bad read once in a while, is pretty conservative and kind of will tuck and run it or uh, throw away if he needs to. But I think uh, that was part of why he kind of, quote-unquote, broke out in the second half of last week's game. But I think uh, Winston still uh, never took his pads off and was still in his jersey. So they had Adam Humphreys, who played quarterback in high school, as the emergency quarterback. But I have a feeling that if Fitzpatrick were to have gotten hurt, that Jameis would have come back into the game. Yeah, it seemed like that as he was off to the side throwing passes. Aaron, anything initially from you, Aaron, that you saw from Ryan Fitzpatrick or anything you're, you're, you know, you can bring to shed the light on, on Fitz? Yeah, I mean, nothing that we all hadn't seen. We had Fitz here for a while, and I, I've always been a huge Fitz fan, so I kind of don't look at some of the negative things that he does, and he didn't have any of that in this last week's game. I mean, he actually made it a competitive game. It looked like it was going to totally get out of hand, and Fitz can do that, man, uh, and I think – uh, Cameron Bray is a great target for Fitz. I think if he can find a good tight end, like that works towards Fitz's abilities. Um, yep. And and like Riley said, he can. He doesn't look like an athletic guy, but he can pick up some yards. Like he's just a, he went to Harvard, so he's a smart guy. I don't know if you knew yeah, that. Absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely, we, we sure did, man. We we heard every day. Um, um, but both of them can uh, turn the ball over too. You know, they're both they will throw into some tight coverages and double coverages. Both Winston and and Fitzy. So there's opportunities there, no matter who's playing this weekend. Absolutely, and and Riley, what do, what do you think on the whole situation in general at your quarterback position? I saw some some footage that uh, Jameis isn't able to do much but hand off the ball. Do you think he goes? And if he does play, do you think he should be playing? Uh, I think uh, it's been reported that uh, uh, the AC joint in your shoulder uh, can be graded on a scale of a 1 to a 6. And they're saying right now that it's a grade 1, which is usually you're able to play through with minimal risk of re-injury. So I think while James could throw, they're being precautionary right now to not uh, make it get worse or to uh, kind of overuse the arm, considering it's already in kind of tender condition, I guess. 
Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance. But, uh, you know, Jameis obviously just went down really hard on that shoulder, uh, kind of bounced on the turf when uh, Chandler Jones had a big hit on a third down on him when he was rolling out. So I think, uh, I think it's unlikely that we see him throw until probably Thursday, Friday, or even Saturday maybe this week. But I think that uh, I think there's a good chance that that's about 50-50 right now that he's the starter on Sunday. Now, Riley, okay. Riley with, as a thinking ahead in the season, too, I, I know you said it's a grade one sprain, um, so the risk of re-injury is lower. Uh, with the a little bit of the weak side of your line seems to be the left side of the line, and that kind of plays into the Bills' pass rushing strength. Are you guys concerned about looking forward to there's some division games coming up for the Bucs? Do you think they're going to maybe think about that and, and give them a week to rest, knowing that you got some more important games up ahead, or is it kind of game to game right now? You know, I think uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I think that uh, they paid Fitz $4.5 million to be their backup, so it's clear they had some level of confidence in them. And uh, while he wasn't that great in preseason, I think he outbid expectations for what they wanted to have into them. They were down like 31-3 when he came in last week. So uh, I think with Fitz, what he's able to do is uh, Jameis has always struggled in his NFL career, and even in college, to push it like 25 yards plus down the field and kind of throw the deep ball. But I think Fitz, you saw, he threw that beautiful ball on the sideline uh, to make it a one-possession game to Mike Evans late in the game Sunday. And I think uh, what he does is he stretches the field better than Jameis does. So I think uh, the Bills obviously have Tredavis White, who's been one of the best corners in the league this year. Uh, he was a guy I missed on. I had a third-round grade on him coming out. But I think it's uh, he's been superb this year. Uh, you know, I had issues with White coming out about being able to get his head around and uh, – kind of make it as a zone corner, but he's been superb in both, and it's probably been a top-five corner in football this year, and uh, it's probably the front-runner for defensive rookie of the year right now. So that's interesting, but I think that, uh, you know, Pat, he went up, we went up another against another really good corner last week in uh, Patrick Peterson in a pretty good secondary overall with, uh, you know, Tyvon Branch, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, obviously, as I mentioned, and guys like uh, Buda Baker as well. So I think that's a uh, – it's, it's an interesting discussion, and I think it's two different brands of football, but I think that uh, I think they're probably best off letting Jameis throw this week just because he gives you the best competitive advantage. Absolutely. Now, do you? what are some matchups you like about this game in favor of Tampa? I mean, have you done much looking into the Bills? Is there any um, thing that you think, you know, the coming into Buffalo um, will be a nice day, so that should play into no, no advantage either way. Should be a game in the low 70s, uh, which is, you know, fairly nice still here in Buffalo. Um, any any initial, you know, matchups that you want to exploit or that you see on the on the Tampa end that they can, you know, go after? Uh, you know, I think uh, Brett Grimes has been uh, one of the best players on this defense when healthy this season. And I think considering the Bills' uh, receivers that have underperformed this year, uh, Zay Jones was a top 40 pick, and uh, PFF has rated him as one of the worst receivers in football so far this year. So I think Grimes should be able to shut down uh, the number one target or whoever's on his side of the field for the most part, which I think will be a big plus for the Bucks, just because he's been able to support the run, but he's also been able to uh, – he had several pass breakups last week, and I think that's uh, – Grimes with the fact that he's 34 and is 5'9", has been playing. He's playing like he's very young, and I think he's been having one of the best seasons of his career to date so far. But uh, obviously, Vernon Hargraves has been a big question mark for Tampa Bay this season. Uh, last year, uh, gave it the most yards and was the most heavily targeted corner in football. 
And this year, he's shown much of the same. Uh, there were several plays last week where he's just he seemed lost in zone coverage, seemed to lose his man. And it seems Hargraves, Hargraves uh, was known for being decisive and kind of a ball hawk in college. And I think he's lost that confidence considering how much he was beaten his rookie year. And we thought entering this year that he would regain that confidence and that he would be able to play with that. But he just hasn't been able to do so. So I think uh, we could see the number two receiver that's lined up on the opposite side of the field from Hargrave, with Hargraves. I think he could have a better day, which I think is a weakness for the Bucks. Now, do the Bucks play a scheme where they'll follow a receiver? So, you know, right now it's looking like Jordan Matthews will suit up and play. Um, he's had a really good day of practice. Um, you know, he's we're very lucky to get him back. What Would that be something that Brent Grimes would do, would go ahead and follow him, or does he play side to side? Uh, Grimes kind of plays side to side. I don't think they really have him uh, rotate with the receivers that often. Uh, but I think either way, uh, they'll kind of, if I think if a guy gets hot, they've been known to kind of put Grimes on him and have him stick with him just to kind of cool him down and get things back into a normal level or a groove, I guess. But uh, you could see that if the Bills' offense gets hot Sunday. Uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor, one of the better deep passes in the league right now. So I think that uh, if there's a long play where Hargraves or even Ryan Smith gets burnt, I think we could see. Uh, we can see a potential for that kind of uh, substitution or adjustment being made. Absolutely. And, and you know, over to you, Aaron. Can, can you speak to the level of your opinion, at least, on Matthews being ready to go and able to go? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't yeah, – people were talking about it the first day that he was, came back to practice. He had, it wasn't cleared until today, and uh, I didn't want to really speculate on whether or not he was going to play till I saw him catching the ball with two hands because we only saw him catching with one. And then today he was out there running rounds, catching with two hands. So that makes me feel really good that he's going to play. I just don't know how much uh, they're going to be using him. Maybe, you know, rolling him out on third downs, you know, known passing plays, things like that. Uh, they also did bring in Deontay Thompson. So – uh, I'm guessing that they're going to get him some minutes uh, and some snaps in this game. So the wide receiving core is still in flux uh, going into this game. And, and t- I don't know how much Tyrod's been able to get on the same page with these guys. I mean, Matthews got hurt in training camp, so they've only had a couple of games together, even though he's would be the number one receiver. There's still not a ton of chemistry there. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess Riley, come come speak to us about a little bit about your offense now. Um, you know, we were getting into a little bit of your defense, and we, we can get into it a little bit more uh, here in a minute. But tell me a little bit about your offense. Has it been gelling? What what's your quick opinion on your first five games, starting two and three after that week one bye? Um, are you guys going to a be missing that bye later in the season that you're supposed to have, and b like how has that offense started to gel, or do you still have some you know some some gaping holes there? You know, I think it's worth noting that after Thursday night football against the Patriots, they had a 10-day break, and they gave the players that weekend and that Monday off as kind of a three- to four-day stretch where they could uh, more relax and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, that is kind of their functioning by, which is just unfortunate, but it's the, th- the way that the things are. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them reschedule the game or move it somewhere like uh, Philadelphia was mentioned, but it is what it is, and you can't really change that now. And then, uh, so I think they will miss that bye week, but I think they've had w- areas where they've been able to do that. And uh, they'll have a shorter week going off Monday Night Football later this year. So it kind of trades out, I guess. Gotcha. Now, have you been happy with your acquisition of Jackson and your offense in general, Martin coming back after suspension? Um, How has your offense and your offensive line been, in your opinion? Our offense, uh, I think it took a couple weeks for Deshaun to kind of mesh with his offense. But uh, week three against the Vikings, I think he was their best offensive player. You know, he had that great touchdown grab in the corner of the end zone. Uh, I think he... uh, I think it's been harder for Jackson just because he's been known for catching it deep. And James has struggled to push the ball deep more than he has any season in his career so far this year, in my opinion. But I think that uh, 
Deshaun has always been good on slants and being able to accelerate upfield and kind of on screens and, like I said, being able to accelerate and get uh, get to top speed and moving upfield. And they've been able to incorporate him in that way so far this season. Okay. Well, uh, in terms of the offensive line, uh, I think that uh, I think their offensive line is disappointed. Adley Marpet was really good last week, though, against Arizona. He had a couple of really nice uh, pull and reach blocks to kind of free up running lanes. Uh, it was kind of harder for them, though, just because uh, – They've been uh because they got they got down and they had to turn away from Doug Martin because of that. You know, I think Doug uh has been good. I think Doug, you have to keep him fresh just because I think Doug gets burnt out pretty quickly. So you have to be able to I think you you, you give him uh maybe two or three carries a drive and he's explosive for those carries, but I don't know that he's as sustainable as uh it might seem. Okay. No, that's good to know. And you know, something we've we've done, we've we've actually played already two teams in your division in Carolina. We went down to Carolina, had a had a great defensive performance, uh, really kept Cam Newton in check, but weren't able to complete our drive. You know, you mentioned Zay Jones earlier. It's a big discussion around here whether he should have caught a game winning touchdown at the end of the game. Um, but we did fall to Carolina nine to three down there in Carolina and then did go on the road to beat Atlanta. Um after their three and zero start, but as we just saw them them go down to Buffalo and then Miami and back to back weeks at home, which is which is crazy. Um, any initial thoughts from your division and, and anything you've seen uh, that you can you can kind of shed some light on? You know, we only have you know New Orleans left, but can you can you kind of shed some light on the, the division in a whole? Oh no, I think uh, in terms of. Uh... NFC South is the division right now. Uh, the Falcons are winning football games, but I think it's clear that there's a big drop-off from Kyle Shanahan to uh, Steve Kirk Sarkeesian as the offense coordinator. Uh, I think Matt Ryan has been throwing more turnovers this year, and I think it's clear that uh, Shanahan was the big stabilizing force for him. But uh, some other guys have been lo- looking good. You know, They missed Sanu the last two weeks. That, uh, Taylor Gabriel was okay, but not great in the two games that uh, Sanu has been out. But I think uh, more than anything, I think that uh, New Orleans has looked good the last two games. Uh, people are worried about Christian McCaffrey. I think he's looked very good so far as a receiver, but I, I never expected that much or being a worth a top 10 pick from McCaffrey as a runner. I think his greatest value was as a third down back or a receiver. And I think that's what he's been so far. He's been what I thought he was. I, I had him like 18th overall on my draft board. And he, and he is what he is, but I thought McCaffrey was more of a Reggie Bush type situation than he was the uh, bell cow type of back that people made him out to be. Uh, Cam Newton has looked really good. I would say the last two to three weeks, he's looked the best he's been since his like MVP season. I would say he was uh, kind of down last year and looked down to start this year with the shoulder injury. It didn't look like he was making all of the throws that he wanted to, but he's looked back, quote unquote. Uh, the last few weeks, he looked pretty good against uh, Philly last weekend. I watched the game on Thursday Night Football. But uh, I think outside of that, uh, those two teams are probably the front rows in this division right now. Uh, Bucks obviously two and three and have to do some recovering to get back into contention for the division lead or even a playoff slot. But that being said, uh, they were three and five last year and almost made the playoffs as a wild card. So I think this uh, they can lose two out of their next three games and still be in a similar spot that they were last year that time of year. Absolutely. And, you know, over to you, Aaron, um, what do you think so far of the, you know, the Bills start against the their division? You know, uh, we've, we're going to go to play three teams already on New Orleans pretty soon here. So what's your initial thought on our NFC games? And, um, you know, what, what have you seen and, you know, who's the best so far? Yeah, I mean, I have been happy with the performance by the defense specifically against uh, the two teams that we have played. Um, I didn't, I mean, that I was at the Carolina game and that offense was just super frustrating to watch that day. I mean, all they had to do was get one more score and that 
is either a tied or uh, a victory. So, I mean, that's the difference between being four and one and three and two. And, and those are the type of games that hurt you at the end of the year. Uh, as far as the Atlanta game, I mean, there's a lot of 50, 50 balls. We kind of talked about that in that post game show that went our way and not to discredit the victory, but then Atlanta goes and drops one to Miami. So who is Atlanta? We don't really know, but I, I still think it was a good victory for the Bills. I, I think their defense really stepped up, and uh, even though that offense is struggling under a new coordinator, they still have a ton of talent, and they still have a ton of playmakers, and the Bills were able to kind of keep that in check and, and drag the offense through that game. So I'm happy, man. Uh, and it, New Orleans is starting to scare me a little bit because Drew Brees, man, that he can put up 30-plus points any day, of the, you know, any Sunday. So uh, the the defense in Buffalo is going to have to drag them through games, and if you got a quarterback like Breeze putting up thirty, it's going to be really hard to for this Bills offense. To- and now, insurance-minded speeches from Geico. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. Keep up with a firepower offense like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, looking at this this game coming up this Sunday, and it's pretty big for the Bills to jockey with positions with the Patriots, uh, keep keeping, you know, keep them in check and uh, for the Bucks to kind of get back on track here. Riley, is there anything that, you know, that, you know, we talked about the potential pros. Is there anything that scares you as a matchup against the Bills? Oh, I'm sorry. I cut out there for a minute. What did you ask? Is there anything that kind of jumps out to you initially that scares you in a matchup front against the Bills from a Bucks standpoint? Oh, you know, I think uh, offensive line, uh, besides Ali Marpet and Jarrah Sweezy, has been uh, underperforming this year so far. So I think uh, with the Bills' front seven play as being as superb as it has been, uh, Jerry Hughes has been really good this year. Uh, I think that uh, just that defensive line has looked uh, revitalized with Sean McDermott this year. And I think that's a big test for the Bucs, as you mentioned. Uh, the Bills' biggest strengths on the defensive line are on the Bucks' left side of their offensive line, where they've struggled the most this season. So I think it'll be important for them to even just limit uh, the pressure that they can get from the, that, that side of the defensive line. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jerry Hughes has been a terror, one of the best PFF-ranked pass rushers. Um, I think he had five or six pressures last a week against Dalton um, and really, really was a, is a terrorist, you know, he's a terrorizer, got kind of player right now. So uh, Aaron, what, what do you think that the key matchups are right now for? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree uh, with what Riley said. And, and I think the same can be said for the right side of the bills line versus uh, I can, I can see Eric Wood and Dukas having a terrible day with McCoy. I mean, I think he's going to just, I mean, he gets off the ball so fast and he's so strong and fast. There's not a lot of guys like him in the league. Maybe Aaron Donald is the only other guy even like him when it comes to size and speed. And those guys have not played well. The whole right side of the Bills line is just kind of in trouble. And uh, McCoy's going to eat up some space. He's, he's going to demand a double team, I would think. And then that gives Ayers kind of free reign too. So th- they're going to have their hands full on the line. And if, if those guys can disrupt the running game, I know teams have run really well in the box, but bills aren't running well and it starts right up front. So I think both lines, I, I, really that's going to be, the game's going to be one in the trenches this weekend. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a big a big note is that the Bills will probably do some shuffling of the offensive line, at least a little bit. Um, they're getting back, most likely, Cordy Glenn, their all-pro left tackle. I would imagine he gets inserted into the lineup. Uh, I, I bet they keep Vlad Dukas at right guard as uh, Eric Turner at cover one has broken down a piece on, on, on Vlad Dukas. And, you know, go check that out, um, who actually, in his opinion, played better than John Miller, our uh, fascinating sophomore guard last year who's just taken another slump turn this year. And uh, Jordan Mills, who will probably stay in the lineup. So over yeah. to you, over to you, Riley. Um, do you see anything initially that says you, Hey, we can stop LaShawn McCoy after struggling against us to stopping the run a little bit. Uh, you know, I think if Quan Alexander's back this week, uh, we'll get injury reports tomorrow. Quan has missed the last time. Uh, even since the Chicago game in week two, he's been out with a hamstring injury. Uh, there's been concern because Quan said after that game that he thought that he could be back the next week and he has not returned yet this season. But I think uh, Levante had the high ankle sprain, was able to come back after two weeks, which was huge for the Bucks. And you saw his impact last week in the run game, even if Adrian Peterson did have a really strong day. He made several nice uh, plays in the backfield and was disruptive. And uh, Kendall Beckwith, the third-round pick out of LSU, uh, he's been one of the best rookie linebackers in the league. Uh, he's done a really good job filling and shooting gaps. Uh, he's their strong side linebacker, so he only plays around 35% of the snaps. But he's looked really good this year and has been a really strong tackler. I think he's a bit of a liability in coverage as uh, he tore his ACL only nine months ago at LSU and made a really quick recovery to get back to it. But I think uh, that still is kind of limiting a little bit, and I would say that uh, – he isn't as free of flow in coverage. I noted that in my draft report on him. He isn't that getting coverage, and that's why he plays Sam. That's why they shouldn't try to put him in those spots. He's been playing Mike the last two weeks with Quan, or I'm sorry, since week three with Quan out, and he's been uh he's filled in nice there. But I think having Quan back would be huge for this defense. He's fast. He can stop a shifty, elusive back like LaShawn McCoy in a way that I don't think back with Cam. Okay. And to kind of play off that a little bit, Riley, uh, how are these guys that you're talking about in coverage? Because LaShawn, the Bills have been struggling on the ground, but he's been getting a lot of uh, receptions and, and thrown to quite a bit. So who's going to guard him uh, when he's out running routes? Uh, if he's out running routes, I think they'll probably be Levante David. He's their weak side linebacker, so they usually have him going coverage against these guys. Or they'll have the safety. Uh, Justin Evans has been getting the majority of the free safety rips the last few weeks, but they've had a, a really quick rotation at safety these uh, last few weeks. Uh, TJ Ward uh, missed two weeks in, in practice with an ankle injury, but uh, has returned recently. And then, uh, so they were kind of putting him back in last week. Uh, he was still learning the playbook, and to get hurt that quickly kind of hurt him. So they kind of limited his snaps last week. And Chris Conti, uh, during the game last week, uh, his girlfriend uh, gave birth to a baby daughter. So uh, he kind of uh, was playing the majority of the strong safety reps in that game. But then uh, his status this week, I would assume, is still good. But I think that's uh, just another note for him. And then Justin Evans, uh, the rookie from Texas A&M, their second-round pick, picked 50th overall in this year's class. Uh, he was, he's been arguably the best player on this defense the last two weeks. Uh, you know, I think he's been a uh, versatile. I think he's made plays in the line of scrimmage, but it's also, uh, looks pretty rangy in coverage and able to, uh, make plays on the ball. So, uh, I would say that, uh, the safety will either come down in the box and cover LaShawn or it'll be, uh, Levante. Absolutely. And, you know, quickly, we have a question in the chat box for you. Uh, do you like Cam Lynch? I got to see him play at Syracuse almost every weekend. So uh, we do have a question on how do you feel about Cam Lynch? He is a you know kind of a central Western New York type of guy. So do you do you have any any initial thoughts on, on him? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Cam has been a largely special teams player. He's their best special teams linebacker, I'd probably say. But uh, he's in there in most of their special teams and punt coverage units. Uh, was a big story on Hard Knocks in the training camp of uh, who would make it as the sixth linebacker on roster between Lynch and uh, Redley Bullo, who's the star of Hard Knocks. And it ended up being Lynch. Lynch looked really good in those last few weeks of the preseason, was pretty disruptive and played around the ball. It was able to make the team. And although he's only been a special teamer so far, uh, he's really fun. Seems like a great locker room guy, really energetic, good personality. And uh, just continues to fill that role on special teams, like he did with the Bills for a couple years there. Absolutely. Now, now, if we drop back into you know a little bit here, you know, you know, looking into some final stats here on your defensive side of the ball, um, looks like you know you're letting up you know a lot of points right now defensively, um, and you know you're, you're letting in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of yards. So, you know, how do you stop that bleeding in your opinion? Like, what do you do to kind of right that ship and and you know you know win a you know, kind of win there on the defensive side when, you know, the Bills are really looking for a spark plug off, you know, in that matchup offense to defense. Um, you know, the other way, if we look at it, the Bills defense to your offense, um, you know, that's going to be the marquee matchup, a really great test. But if you flip the ball, um, you know, bring your defense out, bring our offense out. What do you think that the Bucks need to do to, to sustain success, you know, something that they've been, you know, struggling to do? Uh, you know, I think on defense, uh, I think they just need to make adjustments. I think they uh, need to stop playing Vernon Hargraves uh, off the ball because it's clear that he's had uh, confidence issues in terms of guessing uh, when the receiver's making his route, rate, uh, route break. I'm sorry. And uh, moving up. I think we lost Riley there for a minute. So we'll turn it over to you, Aaron. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about some, some matchups to exploit? Uh, you know, we're sticking with that, you know, offensive side of the ball for, for the Bills. Um, you know, what, what do you think they need to do to kind of capitalize on this pretty porous um, um, what do you think they need to do, Aaron, to kind of kind of correct that, uh, you know, offensive issues and, you know, 301 pass yards per game is the second to last. So do you think that the right. Bills have a chance to kind of capitalize on that? Well, I think uh, we've talked about it kind of a bunch here on this podcast about uh, bringing back some of the power run game that they were doing the last uh, couple of years, that slowly brought it back in Atlanta and Cincinnati. And I think over the bye week, we're going to now see more of that coming back into the uh, game plan, which I think that'll just help the offensive line gain some confidence because I think it's a little bit of scheme, a little bit of just make mistakes. And I think if they get a little bit of what they used to do at think that will give them a little bit more confidence and speaking of confidence i think this is a big week for zay jones uh if if he can get open and get some catches and, and start to build back that confidence and show people why he was the second round pick I, we really need him to step up um i know matthews is back but the uh you know we talk about the battle of attrition all the time and at that wide receiver spot like now is the time for him to gain back that confidence and step up. And this could be the game for him to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you have someone like Deontay Thompson now that he's looked good running routes already. I've uh, gotten the eye of Sean McDermott um, who could start taking some snaps away at some point this season. So it is up to Zay to continue to keep his number two wide receiver job and to keep making sure he's pushing through. And he has a matchup this week that he can try to exploit. Um, as you know, Riley said that there are some things that the uh, Bucks corners needs to do a little bit better beside Brent Grimes to kind of make sure those big plays stop happening. Um, Sounds and, like a battle of confidence between the two of them. Who's going to get pick up their confidence first? Absolutely, and you know the, the Bills are having they do have the best scoring defense, still only allowing fourteen point eight points per game. Uh, they don't break often. Um, you know they're still allowing league low in touchdowns, only allowing eighty seven point six yards uh, rushing, and still you know top thirteen overall in in an overall defense um, yard yardage wise so you know they have some some impressive stats or turning the ball over especially um they're at the top of the league and plus minus turnover differential so riley uh last question for you man um do you think that the bucks are a good road team how do you think that they'll that they'll fare coming up into buffalo new york probably like like uh, fitz said uh, in one of his interviews today uh really big 
a nice uh, a crowd. You know, they get into a lot of ruckus. You know, they're 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 crazy. How do you think the Bucks will fare in that kind of atmosphere? Uh, you know, I think uh, Buffalo is obviously one of the more energetic faces out there. But I think, uh, you know, like you mentioned, weather will be pretty good for this weekend. So I think the Bucs, uh, like I said, just need to uh, be able to adjust their game plan, be flexible there. And I think it'll help them come out with the victory this Sunday. Okay. Now, turning it to you still, what what do you think the final score is and, and why? Uh, I'll say the final score will be uh, like a 27-21 Bucks. Uh, I'll say that just I think that uh, the Bucks uh, will make defensive adjustments and will have a bounce week. I think the the Bucks uh, two uh, receivers and Mike Evans and uh, Deshaun Jackson will have very nice performances. And I think uh, this game will probably be dictated based on uh, who plays at quarterback on Sunday. And I feel pretty confident that Jameis Winston will play. So I think that uh, – That'll be fairly big in terms of their performance and what their game plan is. You know, uh, you kind of have to have two separate game plans in this kind of scenario just because you don't know who will be playing. And your starting quarterback might not be throwing until late in the week when you're going through walkthroughs potentially. So uh, today, uh, reporters asked Dirk Cutter about how uh, pretty much every part of practice besides the fact he's not throwing. So he's doing handoffs. He's working on rollouts. He's just he's kind of ending the drill early in that kind of way. So that'll be big to see how he progresses throughout the week and how he can uh, – we kind of return the form here. Yeah, it's a challenging thing because something could happen where he's warming up Sunday and he's just not feeling it, and then you have to immediately go into Plan B. So uh, it does. I think that is a big, like you mentioned, it is a big challenge to make sure he plays. He's healthy. Um, it is noted that he most likely can't re-injure that that uh, that AC joint, even if he plays. Um, but it is a pain tolerance. It is. It, can he make the throws? It is more of more himself than it is a long-term injury risk. So we'll see what he brings in warm-ups on Sunday. Make sure he can go. If not, you know, the, you know, Buffalo will see a heady Ryan Fitzpatrick, and um, you know he can be hit and miss. Ryan Ryan can come in and, and win any any game he wants, but he can also come in and, and look terrible. Um, you know, at times. So we all know Ryan Fitzpatrick all too well here in Buffalo. So. How about you, Aaron? Leave it off with you. Uh, what do you think the score is and why? Yeah, I mean, I could see it being, I don't know, 21-19 type of game, maybe in Buffalo's favor. I, I think um, there's a possible chance, no matter who the quarterback is, like I was saying, the Bills' defense lately has been able to create some turnovers. So if this defense can force some turnovers, uh, I think Tampa will still get big yards and stuff. They'll break off a couple big plays, but I think if the Bills' defense can create some turnovers, no matter who the quarterback is, they can keep that score under 20. And that's the only way that I feel like they're going to win this year is if they can keep the opponent under 20 points because that offense is going to need four turnovers, three turnovers to get to that uh, point total anyway. So um, I think, you know, Riley kind of brought up too, we're looking at the box and we're looking at stats, but if they start to get healthy and, and bring some of these guys back on defense, that defense could be a lot better than they've been over the last three weeks. So uh, it's hard to look at the statistics. So I'm a little nervous about the game just because if they get healthy, we haven't seen this group healthy together all season. So uh, it could be a lot better than they've been playing. So it's, it's going to be a fun yeah. game. Yeah, I mean the Bills have been two and zero at home. They've they beat some good opponents here, um, you know, including Denver. So I mean, you know, you leave it over to. I think it's going to be a really tough game. You have, if you get EJ Gaines back in your nickel corner and Leonard Johnson, it's a completely different game. You're able to play completely different coverages and make sure, you know, you're all set there. And you know, Sharif Wright goes back to the fourth corner, emergency corner, in, in a situation that's beneficial to the Bills. Um, you know, we have someone in the chat box saying, "I'd rather see Winston." I flash flashbacks of Fitz being able to make plays with the Jets and other teams. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Fitz can Fitz can win games. He, he's a you know, we all. No fits. So um I think 
Jameis playing can be similar to a Cam Newton against the Bills in week two where, you know, he was back, he was able to play through it, no issues. Um, but, you know, you need to make sure that you're making the throws, even a subtle difference in your throwing motion or pain, even just a little bit of pain can, can throw you off. And a ball hawking secondary like, you know, the Bills have, it could cause some problems. So it will be interesting to see what happens here. Um, you know, in this upcoming game, it isn't an issue of can he get through the game? It is can he get through at the high level that he's supposed to be playing at? So I think that's the issue that, you know, the Bills fans will have, Riley, and, you know, the Bills Bills Nation in general is if, if, if Jameis actually plays, can he play at his normal high level? Um, you know, and we'll kind of really leave it at that, Riley. So if he plays through an injury, do you think he'll be at the level he should be at? Uh, you know, I think even if you're getting uh, about 80% James Winston, I think you're getting a play like better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that'll be the big decision for him as, uh, like you mentioned, pain management and kind of uh, can he pain and can he make the throws that they think that he's going to, you know, you can adjust your game plan and make more uh, short intermediate throws, but then they, uh, for reads open deep, James has got to chuck it. You know, you kind of have to understand, uh, will he be able to make that or will he be able to manage the pain afterwards, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's going to be the tough thing too for Buffalo is uh, preparing for two quarterbacks. You know, if it comes down to a Sunday decision, uh, they are very different quarterbacks, and I think you have to give them a bit of a different game plan for each of them. So the defense is going to be doing double duty this week in the film room. Yeah, and I'm sure as uh, you know, the Bills coaching staff will love to see Ryan Fitzpatrick instead. But still, that means yeah, it's double the work. I mean, you need to make sure, just like Riley mentioned, he came in, no one game plan for him. He sparked the team, right. brought him, you know, almost all the way back to to make it a competitive game. So. Um, you know, that is a challenge to where, you know, the bills will be more prepared than say Arizona was in this case. Sure. Um, but I mean, you need to, to make sure that, you know, if, if a healthy Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out and let's say a hundred percent to 80% and they pick Ryan or whatever happens, you need to make sure that you implement that game plan, uh, as quickly as possible. And that you're not, you know, expecting, you know, Jameis Winston throws it. There's no lag in between you're getting confusion. That's the one I'm worried about is kind of confusion between the defense on different coverages and reads that they were expecting Jameis Winston. Um, so they're expecting different types of coverages. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about so I, I think that they can the Bucks can use that in a, in a slight competitive advantage if they need to to right. kind of you know I wouldn't do if I was the Bucks I'm not doing anything with James Winston I'm I'm really not saying anything until Sunday you know kind of at 11 a.m. and basically he's playing or he's not so that's kind of what I'm doing I, I think they're playing it right right now um, and even if they know let's for instance say he can't play and they, they, they just don't think he can have the pain tolerance there you know kind of like a Sammy Watkins issue with pain tolerance um, then I wouldn't say anything either so I would I would I would draw that out to 11 a.m. type of thing and it, it kind of looked like the pain tolerance was there last week against Arizona when he could go back in the game and he just was unable to. So we'll see how a week of, of rehab, you know, kind of, kind of wraps for him and, and yeah, we'll, we'll work on it from there. So Riley, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I know uh, we got hooked up here. It's a little bit late, but thanks for, thanks for tuning in, man. We really appreciate any, anyone uh, give us your handles. Let us know where people can follow you. Uh, Bills fans can kind of follow your takes and, you know, from a Tampa perspective. Well, no, definitely. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at at Junior Almanac, uh, G U N I O R A U M A N A C. Uh, and like I mentioned, I uh, write about the Bucks for Bucks Nation for SB Nation, and uh, I'm writing about Anifold for Breakball. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love the work you guys do, do over at Cup One and uh, obviously SB Nation's Bill site. Uh, and just keep up the great work, guys. Hey, Riley. Thanks for coming on, man. We we look forward thanks, to touching man. base and, and good luck this season. And, and, you know, bringing it over to you, Aaron, to kind of complete the show up, yeah. um, you know, kind of what's, what's your, you know, final takes to this? Is there anything you see on a Bills perspective matchups on either side of the ball, whether it's special teams, whether it's, um, you know, any, anything, you know, kind of, kind of, we do have some, you know, Bill centric, um, you know, you know, chat box going on in here. So we'll take yeah. a couple of those questions and then, you know, we'll, we'll sign sure. off here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for the Bills to gain some confidence back. I, I 
think that was a tough loss coming going into the bye. They've had a long time to think about that loss. And uh, I really think that the Tampa Bay offensive line is going to struggle with guys like Jerry Hughes, mm. uh, Kyle Williams, all the depth. I mean, we could go on about the depth at defensive tackle, and uh, that could cause for a long day for whoever the quarterback is. I mean, they're they're both prone to some turnovers. So uh, if you get those guys right in their face and make them make some bad decisions, that's going to just help the secondary. So that's really the matchup I'm watching is that uh, our defensive line, I think, is going to have to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I just had a question box kind of come in here um, in, my, in my Twitter, actually. Uh, actually, I want to see Deontay Thompson. He was actually playing like a wide receiver, too, before the Bears randomly cut him for a younger player. I actually agree. I think the speed will help. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any negatives to making a move there for him, for uh, Joe Banyard, um, a guy you weren't you were making inactive anyway. So right. I'm excited to bring him in. They thought that he could bring more talent to this game than, than a uh, Philly Brown. So I am interested that he will be up. He'll be ready to go. If he can learn this playbook, which they're confident with his time in Baltimore. Um, I do, I do believe that, you know, you'll see him. And I, I do think that he should take away some of those Kalen clay snaps as he's probably more ready to make plays right now. Um, we have a, question a, better, in. a better wide receiver, I think, than clay. Yeah, absolutely. What well, wasn't the Bengals line supposed to struggle too, though. So that was a question. Um, you know, I'll give that one to you, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, I think Jerry Hughes had six pressures. I, I do think they, had opportunities to get in there against the Bengals line. I just think that uh, Dolan was able to take advantage of some busted coverages. I mean, the Bengals offense didn't do a whole lot, really. I mean, they had a few big plays, but the Bills defense did a pretty good job of keeping them in check for the majority of the game. Uh, The offense just wasn't able to capitalize on some of the turnovers and stuff. So um, if the Bills defense can play as well, but maybe limit some of the big play mistakes uh, against the Bucks, then that team, we should win those games. Absolutely. Um, so the next two, the Bills need to win to make a run. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think it was good to get a perspective from Riley. He can kind of yeah. tell us a little bit more about the Bucks, and um, you know, he has them being able to come in and have a pretty big road win. So that was that is interesting to see that his team has fought through the attrition and is able to come yeah. in and take a win. So and it's a must um, win it for those guys uh, when you think about it. Is, it. it is. Um, uh, Thomas wants to say, Thomas Banks says, why is, you know, Ducasse playing? Um, he's playing better than Miller right now. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he is playing better than Miller. Actually, we just mentioned earlier in the show, Eric Turner broke down Ducasse and actually gave him a pretty decent score. Uh, said he's playing a lot better than, than, than John Miller. So, um, that's why Ducasse is playing better. Uh, Miller did not play very well in the first four games and the move was made there. And it looks like from all accounts, right. Aaron, it's going to stay that way, right? It's looking like it's going to stay that way. I don't, I don't see any signs of change on the right side of the line right now, um, as much as fans want it. And it's some of the play, I know we're you know easy to pick on Tukas because he's the new guy, and we've seen some plays where he hasn't played well, but Eric Wood hasn't really played very well, and neither has Mills, and that's that's hard when you're on that side of the line, and the guys around you also aren't. Yeah, it's interesting well. that Tukas has taken a big rap here. Um, it's it, he didn't have a great preseason. You know, he was co- subbing in for a guy that actually came off a really good sophomore year in Miller, so it was kind of confusing, even to me, someone that was actually hard on Miller and a lot of my criticisms in the last couple of years. And it's showing to be true that um, he he's just not able to sustain in a blocking scheme. He's struggling in this in his zone blocking scheme. So um, that's why Ducas is Castillo's guy. He he knows the system and he he's proven to actually play a little bit better last week. And he should probably only get better. So with Cordy Glenn coming back, that's already a boost. Um, we anticipate him being in the starting lineup. So you got Cordy Glenn right there. Um, you know, you're going to go with Rich. He's going to give you it all. He's going to be great. You know, Woods got to, got to, got to get better. Ducas, you know, it's already a little bit of an upgrade. And will Chantrell take over for Mills? Yeah. Someone says in the chat box, Mills is horrible. 
Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he's he's not very good. It so. has not been good. And I wouldn't expect things to look a whole lot better this week, to be honest. I think McCoy is such a, a dynamic player that with the struggles that Wood has had this year, I don't think he gets, you know, takes on a McCoy and gets better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, why, no one knows why Ducasse is even in the NFL, Dustin says. I mean, you'll be pleasantly surprised, actually, Dustin, when you read Eric Turner's yeah. article. And um, because there's very few guys that are as big as him in the world. So, you know, there's only so many yeah, offensive absolutely. linemen out there. Yeah, uh, trust me, I, I, I've been hard on Ducasse, too. Uh, right. But Miller's played some terrible football. So yeah. um, that's that's something we can't. He's playing back to his, to his rookie year. And this coaching staff does not have the loyalty to Miller that uh, Rex Ryan staff did early on there. And and he did rebound in his second year. So yeah. we'll see what happens with John Miller. But, um, you know, the, the Bills, whether, you know, you take it one way or the other, did allude to having, like we've talked about on the show, the difference between depth and quality starters. Um, the Bills have some depth on this offensive line. The players that can play the position that aren't camp fodder guys, that aren't guys that are on practice squads, they do possess the ability to play positions. Um, some just might not fit in the scheme, and I think that that's the case with John Miller. And I actually would not be surprised to see um, you know, a John Miller trade potentially either this year or next year. So I, would, I wouldn't watch, I I mean, would watch and- out for that, especially. If they if they deemed he cost to win that job, I you know I heard that they were running Groy at guard a little bit today in practice. And everyone every time we do a show is asking about Groy. Is he right there? Do you think we see him this week? And for some reason, I don't know what it is. I thought Groy did really well at center last year, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a good guard. And I got to trust the coaches on this. That uh, between Castillo and uh, Dennison, and even uh, you saw McDermott watching the O line in practice this week. But between these smart football guys, if they don't think Grory can do it, then I'm going to kind of agree with them that he may not be a better option than Dacas. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Groy to me is a guy that played really well. I, I think if the position translates from center to guard, it really does, in my opinion. And he was able to do it and did yeah. it prior to playing center. Um, did you know played some tackle prior to playing center? So he does have that skill. I just don't know. I don't know what's the reason to not. I do think he could be better than both Dukas and Miller. So it is. It is weird what's going on there. Um, you know, sure. some, but some they, movie, they, some, well, some, they say they're always trying to get better, better, right? Yeah, I mean. Um, you're always trying to get better and you're always, you know, planning your team to get better. But do you think that Gray should be in the lineup, Aaron? I mean, just flat out. I can't tell him. I, I, yeah, I, the fan in me thinks that based on what I've seen previously, that it couldn't be worse. But I mean, I got to digest Eric's article, I guess, and take a, you know, just look at Dacos by himself and not analyze the whole, you know, just what I'm seeing in the game. But yeah, I guess if you had asked the fan in me, I, I'd want to see Groy. Someone mentions Connor McDermott. We actually had a cover one chat about Connor. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Um, right. Bringing him coming up, he's he's got he got the athleticism, he's got the arm length, he can develop into a tackle that might be able to do something. That's why he's still on this roster. That's why they've deemed to claim him, and he's been um, inactive a couple of weeks. But um, I, I think Connor long term has has a shot here to stick, um, and that's kind of why he's still on this roster. And another tackle could potentially be moved at some point. Um, and Connor would still kind of stick on this roster. So uh, I do think there's a long term, but he's got a long way to go. And I think he should be in Eric's article, I would believe. So, um, right. you know, thanks for tuning in for that. Um, someone says trade Cordy Glenn for Jimmy Graham. Um, interesting. I don't know. I never really can't really can't really break that one down. Aaron, anything? I mean, so it looks like there's a good amount of dead money the next two years if we trade Glenn. And the thing is, is if Glenn could stay healthy, he is a really good tackle. So 
unless you're again a nice stockpile of picks i'm not really interested in moving them yeah absolutely and then, and then to be honest i don't think any of the other even though there are five of them there um we've mentioned connor uh, mills doesn't have any value sean Trell might if he can come back and play at some point but there's really no value there to, for any of these linemen to trade maybe a little bit in miller um, but there's no value on these guys even though there's some depth and teams might be calling or mcdermott might say it's a value position um and you know we're hoarding these guys but no one but Glenn really possesses uh, any any trade ability, and do they really want to trade Glenn with all this dead money? Are they going to get the right pick package back? I don't know. I don't know if Jimmy Graham at his age and Bills being strong at tight end uh, really need, would make that move there. No, I mean, it I seems it, seems like a one year rental, maybe. Then I don't know what his contract is, but it seems like just bringing in Graham to replace Clay for the year, and that just doesn't seem like a a Brandon Bean move to me. Um, no, to, I don't know even what position I would think the Bills would maybe a receiver. I don't know what they'd even be targeting if they were looking in a perfect world. Um, kind of to answer your question, what's a perfect world? Um, who would the Bills want? Yeah, they'd want a high pick and like they've gotten for everything. So I would say a second round pick and a, and a, and a really skilled player. Um, I just don't have that position in mind to what I think that they would, you know, defensive back would be fine to me. They don't need one there. So linebacker, maybe um, a guard defensive line. I don't see any. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess, I but they wouldn't. Team deep at guard probably is not trading for a tackle. I wouldn't I think know. so. Yeah. So maybe, may, like once again, maybe linebacker, maybe receiver. That's really all I got. But outside of that, I don't think the Bills would really, you know, really deem themselves wanting to make a move there. So, um, yeah, someone says a good change of pace back. I mean, yeah, someone like Carlos Hyde or something. Yeah, that's not crazy, crazy to think about. Um, it's not a bad idea for a young, really star running back to back up McCoy. I mean, Sure, you know, that's possible with a high pick. It's not out of this world, so that's not a bad one. Um, but again, but, I feel like Hyde's a little bit of a almost a rental. He's not young at this point, and I don't, I just don't see. I, I think Bean would rather have the picks. He likes that capital, that asset, and um, I, I don't think he's going to do something just for this year. Knee jerk reaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just like you saw with Matthews, who's on a one year deal, I think it would be kind of someone you know you get a player. Uh, skilled player, maybe on a one or two year deal, um, maybe middle age, 25, 26, um, with a with, with a high top 30 pick, top 40 pick. So sure. I think that's kind of what it would take. And yep. and that pick is really the number one thing. And if the player works out great. So, right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. There's a lot of dead money there. So a lot of, a lot of buzz around kind of between McDermott's comments, spot track, you know, kind of tweeting out dead money. There's been a lot of, a lot of suggestion that we might move a tackle once again none of them have value but cordy um and i don't i don't i just don't even me who's someone that's pro moves i don't i don't see anything getting done here so yeah and it's not like darius where like the writing's on the wall with marcel right like the dead money's there but i think next year he won't be on the team anymore and i, I just think if cordy can get healthy he's a huge asset to the team if he's healthy and playing i mean the guy is a really good player he, a lot not a lot of people talk about him around the league but he's a stud yeah, it's tough because it's just they've shed any dollars of guys that weren't their guys, and especially in the top end of the roster. So, right, it's gonna. It's I think that'd be the reason, but not that he's not a good player. It'd be more the reason that he was in a different scheme, signed by a different staff to a huge sure. contract. Does his fifteen million dollar cap hit next year? Which it, which it is. So even though there's a lot of dead money, he still possesses a huge cap. So, yeah, there is some dead money, but you are opening up. I think it's like ten million between the two this year and next year combined. So you are opening up some money to actually go get another tackle of whoever you want, get that draft pick, get that asset, and you know continue the the, the lineman you think you want. So there is some there is some you know some some credence there, but I, I mean, 
I think he's a great player if he's healthy. I think the number one thing that ma- makes McDermott mad isn't his skill, isn't his whatever, isn't his not fit in the scheme, his money. I think it's the fact he needs to stay on the field, right, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, you're not valuable to the team if you're not on the field, right? That's just a fact. Doesn't matter how good of a player you are. Yeah, you got to stay on the field for sure. I think that's number one. I think that's what's making McDermott mad. If if anything, that would be it. That you know, we need this guy. He's getting paid sixteen million. We need him to fight through this pain. Um, there's no more surgeries to be done. Even you've been to every foot specialist, ankle specialist, whatever. Um, we need you to get on this field. Kind of similar to that what we were talking to Riley about with pain management. We need Corey to kind of pain manage through and play at a high level. So I think that's more what it's about. Yeah, and good signs uh, from today that he was practicing full. So I think we're going to get good. to see him this Sunday. I think it'll be a big game to get him back, and I'd, I'd love to see Dawkins in this lineup, man. I, that's another tricky one to me, is I can't believe he's not going to be able to take taking away for right tackle. I get the the Dukas one, I get keeping Wood in the lineup. Um, I just w- w- what's the negative to playing Dawkins at right? I don't know. I mean, I even said it to Nick here today. It's a kind of a crazy thing, is and Rob kind of brought it up too. Even guard or tackle on the right side. I mean the guy hasn't played that poorly. He's had some moments, uh, just rookie moments of playing bad, but I feel like you got to put your best five out there. And if they can play all the positions, then, you know, what's the problem of moving them over to the right? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like a good week when you're getting Glenn back. It's a good week to try it. Um, try something know, out. Yeah. Try something out. And, you know, hopefully, you know, against a defense that you might be able to do some things against, um, you know, they, they do have a record in McCoy. Um, but other than that, you know, the, they do have some good linebacking play and, and they do have Brent Grimes, but other than that, they're very vulnerable across their defense. So um, I wouldn't the offense has to get going. The offense has to build some confidence. And I'd love Dawkins to be a part of that. We'll see. I know the bills kind of keep this line. They kind of kick everyone out during team. Um, so, you know, they kind of keep this under wraps and, you know, we're still kind of guessing that it's, you know, going to be Glenn um, starting at left and it's going to be um, Dukas starting at right, right guard and no Dawkins. We're kind of making that assumption, I guess, but um I, I would I, I would like to see Dawkins in this lineup. I think you're, you spent a pick on it. You traded up technically. Um, just like Zay's getting snaps, I think the same thing can be said for Dawkins. It really helps his progress, and you know Trey's getting snaps. So I think you know th- those high picks would it only benefit him. And I don't I don't think Mills has a future here. I agree, and Dawkins has been playing pretty well, like I said. So yeah. especially if you're trying to get the run game going, I mean the guy's a mauler. Uh, so. I don't see any reason to not play him if Cordy's healthy and, and kick him over there. And honestly, I don't think anyone right now could do a worse job than Mills, but. And that you keep Mills active. And it's not like you cut Mills yeah, or you make no, him no, active. No. If there's an issue or he's even worse, then put Mills back in the game or uh, move Dawkins over if Glenn isn't play- whatever. Either way, no matter what could go on, I mean, keep Mills active and um, he's ready to play. So if anything ever happened, you know, you have Mills ready and, and dressed. So it's not like you cannot lose. Jordan Mills um so I, I just I just don't see the negative in having Mills up and active as your swing tackle playing Dawkins at right Groy uh, as your seventh lineman active on game day and you, you should have a pretty deep unit so I don't, I don't know what's going on here I, I really think with a prop some proper tweaks and proper technique changes this group of seven active linemen at least um should really figure it out don't you think I do. And maybe, uh, you know, over the bye week, we'll see more of the changes, especially in the run game to some of the, you know, getting away from the Denison style and kind of inserting some of the stuff from the last couple of years. And that might just be the thing to help them. Maybe that's what they think is, uh, you know, work the offensive lines close. We're getting Cordy back. You know, they think they've got a good crew there. Let's keep it together. Everybody communicates well and, and 
roll out some more of this power run game and that will be what fixes the line. Maybe that's what yeah. they're thinking. And Thomas's new regime, Glenn traded by 1031. I, I don't see it even though, once again, I'm, I'm pretty pro trade. Um, I don't think it's out of the question, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you never know. Um, I, I feel like you if you're going to trade him though, you, you, you trade him now with his injury history and that foot, like why continue to play him maybe to increase value, but... I, yeah, yeah. I think the only thing would be said was the same thing with Sammy, where he came back, focused on him in game one of the preseason. I think it's right. similar that the team's like, all right, I'll give you your second and whoever, if if he gets through and looks decent against Tampa. So right. I think there might be a little, if that's the, if it's a thing, I think that that would be the reason would be the team's like, all right, well, we'll budge on the second and the player if we see him play good next week. Yeah. Um, and I, I, do you do that I, during I the regular season, though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens in the front office, but yeah. they definitely did it with Watkins, a hundred percent. Sure, and I, and I don't mind it in the preseason, right? Yeah. Like the Rams, the Rams said, yeah, the Rams said we want to see him, and that's what they got. Sure, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't have the answer to it. I think I a full healthy Glenn doesn't hurt you, so it's not like you lose by playing him. So I don't think you lose on a Bills end either. He's really good, and you keep him, or he's really good, and you make that trade. So I don't think sure. it would hurt you on a Bills end, right? I I wouldn't think it would. I'm so, just I'm just thinking the by 10:31, you know, he plays a couple of games and that foot starts flaring up again, and then you lose like, all trade value that you may have had. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it could be a little greedy of a stretch to just play him to increase the trade value. I don't know. It's a dangerous yeah, it's, move. It's risky and definitely. But you're not. Here's the the counter argument: you're not going to trade him for a third or fourth now, anyways. So, sure. Right. So either you're going to trade, you're going to up his trade value, you're going to keep him, right? So. Right. Um, so I think that's the theory in the Bills say either we're going to keep this guy because we like him or you're going to pay us his price and um, because he's going to increase his value. So I think I think that's the theory to where if you're looking at it from a trade perspective, you're not going to trade Glenn for this low, whatever the price is right now anyways. So he needs to play better, to play better for your team sure. and to increase his value. And then you can make the decision on 1030 if taking that second and that player is going to get it done or maybe he's playing at a high level where you're like, nope, that deal's off because yep. you know what? He's playing good. He's healthy. We took we took the risk. And we you didn't. Right. And we can make a playoff run. So yeah, um, I do think that's the other for Dawkins if that is what's going on. Uh, just because now yeah. he's not playing and and that's valuable yeah. time for a young guy. Yeah, and I mean you look at it from a Bills perspective. With let's say they drop two in a row and before the trade deadline, um, you know maybe they don't they look at it differently so they can't make a playoff run i don't know but there's a lot of factors that i know go into it from bean's perspective we don't know which sure. ones we're talking about are true and which ones we're guessing on so yeah. i think that that's all that, that can be said on the glenn trade um until something happens or until those legitimate buzz i think that's really all that we can say about that um and either way i'm excited to see him get out there you know people have said he's the thing that has hurt the offensive line him being out might fix some of the things so we'll know this week yeah, absolutely. Um, someone says, as long as we have one of them. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by one of them. Do you mean Dawkins and Glenn? Or I'm not sure what that, what you mean. Um, he'll start same thing they did with Sammy. So someone says, yeah, they're going to do the same thing they did with Sammy. Um, I think they're talking about uh, quarterbacks in the draft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not yeah, there yet. I'm not ready. To- yeah, we're not. Unfortunately, until we're uh, falling at five and ten, you're not going to hear me talk too much about yeah. it. Um, it's we'll too long up. of a winter spring. I'll have enough time to. Yeah, 
and someone says Greg Maben to the San Francisco practice. But yeah, real quickly, Aaron, on, on Greg Maben, I'm disappointed that, you know, you, a team that brought you up through the system, played you in three out of six games or whatever, three out of five games, whatever he played in. Um, and then you go and disrespect them and take another pre- I, I If you got a roster spot on a, on a team, you take it to no matter Cleveland, no matter what it is, you take that job and your money 100% of the time. Sure. Take another practice squad spot on a bad team. Um I don't know what you're doing, Greg. I supported you. I think that that's a weird move. Um, you're making money playing 50% of the games here. You're a fifth corner. You're just on the practice squad. I'm not sure what happened there, Aaron. Any insight? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how things went in the film room after the last game, after a couple of big mistakes. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's just a, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. But and I don't know what his agent uh, was doing with him. That just doesn't seem like a smart career choice. Uh, kind of stay where you're at, stay where you're comfortable. You spent the whole spring, summer yeah, here. Weird. It seemed really weird. Um, and I, but I, I like Maven. I really do. I don't think it's a huge. It doesn't hurt the Bills all that much if if the other guys can stay healthy. Absolutely. Uh, I just think it's a prospect they lose really for no. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's more that that it's like he took a worse practice squad position on a worse team. Um, yeah, and like uh, here, Memer says here. Uh, Cost of living is much higher in San Francisco, I got to say. For his price point, it might be. I mean, he's not making a ton. He's no. not making a ton. He's executives in San Fran probably are making more than his salary there. So right. um, he, he's, he's not making a ton of money. To, to, to It's, it's got to be in your mind, no. um, especially when you're on the low end of the salary totem pole, for sure. I mean, a team that brought you up, unless McDermott was in a conference or Leslie Frazier was in with him and said, you play terrible, we're never going to consider you again. Um, which we but don't know. I don't. It assume. didn't seem like that. You know, when he made some mistakes during the game, McDermott was the first one to talk to him on the sideline, and it looked like he was encouraging him and saying, "Like, can you know, keep your head in, young guy?" I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but it seemed really weird to take a practice squad. It's, it's it was a weird one to me. Like a, a team that brought you up that took a shot on you that you made the initial roster that brought you into games that I mean, gave you time. I, unless something happened behind closed door, it's really weird to burn him to do it to another practice squad because of a roster positional um, needs across the board. You're going to come back up at some point this season to be a fifth corner. I don't know. I don't know if you were just like jaded over not having your roster spot, but that might've been it. Yeah, it could have been. And like, you caught me too, too many times. Right. And we know. saw that on uh, uh hard knocks. Didn't Jeremy we? Nichols, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he said, screw you guys. I'm not coming back even though they wanted him and they liked the guy. Uh, so you never know what yeah. these guys are thinking. Yeah. Someone says, He'll be playing in California, not a bad move. I mean, sure. I mean, weather-wise, I guess. I mean, I just I don't see a career-wise why you're going to a worse team, um, worse defense, worse situation. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens behind closed doors at all. It just kind of feels like he his agent said, stop getting cut there, go to go to San Fran, they'll call you up in a couple of weeks and you'll be able to stay. I guess is how that had to have gone. I don't I don't really sure. know. But like I said, you spend so much time in the spring, summer learning the system, getting, you know, getting some footing sure. in here. I don't know. I don't think he's ready to be on a roster playing snaps either. So like you said, he's going to go to a really bad team. That's going to lose a lot of games this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the last thing we want to talk about here before we sign off real quickly is, uh, you know, we, we saw a cool thing that I retweeted and uh, Eric wanted us to bring up was on uh, the bills actually letting Stefan Gilmore walk, um, you know, for his big contract with New England and then being able to build an entire starting secondary with his uh, pay, as the chart says that I just retweeted. Um, you know, you see a cap hit from Tredavious White of 1.8, 
Micah Hyde for four million, Jordan Poyer for two point four, and AJ Gaines for one point seven nine. Um, you know, all are able to fit within Stefan Gilmore's, you know, cap hit this year of eight point five, but next year his cap goes up to twelve point six. So Aaron, can you shed some light on, you know, that incredible move to to not re-sign Gilmore and being able to use his money to to have a starting secondary? Yeah, I think super smart move to not re-sign him. And uh, that was a Whaley move, right? Or a Whaley McDermott. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Whaley McDermott combo combo move, right? Yeah, it was. Um, Yeah. And I, but I think that's how things are going to go moving forward. I think Brandon Bean kind of talked about not going after the big name free agents, not overspending in free agency and just finding guys that fit the system. I mean, Micah Hyde's a borderline big free agent move. I, I think he was big for Buffalo. Um, but Jordan Poyer wasn't a big name. You know, EJ trained for EJ Gaines. Everybody's like, who's EJ Gaines when we made that trade? Uh, it's looking pretty good now, uh, especially with Sammy Watkins struggling over in LA. Um, and then, you know, drafting guys, that's going to be big for Bean. So I think this is going to be the uh, MO going forward of this front office. I think this is kind of a snapshot to what to expect is, you know, we're not going to do what we've been doing for years and overpaying Marcel Darius and overpaying a guy like Stefan Gilmore. We're going to, you know, go ahead, go somewhere else and we'll get four guys that are going to play. That Absolutely. Position. Check out my, the retweet on my Twitter feed um, from Zach Moore from Zach uh, OTC, which is over the cap. Um, he tweets this article or excuse me, this image out about uh, this, this topic we're talking about here, Stefan. And that's, that's factoring Stefan Gilmore playing at like a, a cornerback one super high level, which he's hit and miss. As we know, he has tackling issues. He can get a bit burned. Um, he, you can get a good side of Stefan Gilmore too, but you know, you're, you're factoring and hedging your bet with four players. Oh my God. And, I all my friends from uh, living in New England my, most of my life, all my friends are Patriots fans, and there's a lot of people already talking about benching him, saying like this is the worst deal they've made in years. Like you know, get this guy off the field. So they're feeling pretty burnt by that cap hit. Yeah, and times you know, Bills fans said the same thing, and that was with a smaller cap hit. So yeah. it, it it is interesting that you know Stefan can show some some raw ability and then he can show some really ability to get burned so i don't i don't really know what's going on with stefan gilmore why he's so inconsistent but he does hold a 12.6 million dollar cap hit next year um paying for our entire second starting secondary um and we all knew that Treyway could could have a chance to be pretty good and micah hyde's going to be pretty good but like you mentioned no one knew about jordan poyer um and myself included when it came to jordan poyer and ej Gaines. when i saw jordan jordan making 3.5 on the cap next year i was like for a backup safety i don't know what happened there um we, we saw a little bit from him in cleveland but he got hurt he got a pretty bad kidney injury mm-hmm. uh, so you know you look at that and then ej Gaines, who played an awesome rookie year and then got hurt and then played terrible last year. And to the fact of one of uh, PFF's lowest rated cornerbacks was in a missed scheme, was not wa- right with Wade Phillips, does not play man very well, um, is a pure zone corner who's very good in zone. So uh, yep. we, we, we got we got to see the best of, of, of EJ so far. And once again, the matchups to this week back full circle to Tampa, um, he's a key matchup that he plays him and Leonard Johnson. It's a completely different game, right, if him and Leonard play? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people have been knocking Leonard quite a bit, but he's actually fared fairly well in the slot. I mean, that's one of the toughest positions to play, and he's done all right when he needs to. Um, and EJ Gaines, too, didn't he have a bunch of matchups against Mike Evans in college? Yes, he did. Yep. Um, so that'll be fun to watch, too, if those guys go up against each other, because I think EJ's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I, I saw a quote at one point of, you know, Mike. Williams was a first round pick, you know, a top pick. Why wasn't I? Cause I shut him down in college or whatever. Um, so that could be an interesting one to watch. And another interesting thing about EJ Gaines looking at this chart is uh, it'll be pretty telling what 
the front office is going to be like with players uh, when it comes to EJ Gaines. If he continues to perform at the level that he has when he's playing is, you know, what kind of contract do they offer him to bring him back on? Uh, do they try to get an extension worked out? Like, how do they handle a guy like that that they traded for? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with EJ, I mean, it's going to come some type of contract. We'll see what he plays himself into and how much and if it yeah. fits within McDermott and Bean's strategy of... Or do they let him walk and get another EJ he, Gaines? Like, does he play for $8 million, $7 million? I don't know. Will they pay it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, we'll yeah, see it's going to be interesting. There. Yeah, see what happens in the year. Or does he end up in that compensation formula for next year? I mean, I do think it's something the Bills need to consider um, as this season wears on. If if you're going to play Deontay Thompson and Jordan Matthews is healthy, and you're giving Zay Jones snaps, and you like Brandon Tate and even Kalen Clay a little bit, you got to let Andre Holmes go. Um, Ryan Davis, who's actually behind Eddie Yarbrough now in the depth chart. So, I do think that there's some moves that could be made there to free up a third round pick, and it's important. I mean, in, in a system like this where you're valuing picks, you're going out and trading for them potentially even more if they make any more moves. Um, you can't tell me that in the back of their mind by week 10, they're saying Andre Holmes and Ryan Davis, I can, I can move them off this roster to get a third round pick. I think you got to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to see much of Ryan Davis or Andre Holmes this week. Like I'm not even thinking about those guys, so I'm not going to be surprised if they get cut. You know? Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, the third piece of that puzzle is either, uh, Patrick DeMarco or, um, Vlad Dukas. So, um, you know, you got to look at it like, you know, in, in, in a package deal to where if you call up uh, Eric Lee, who they had active one game when I don't remember if Yarbrough was down or no law, Shaq Lawson was down. Shaq Lawson, um, yeah. And yep. So Eric Lee, I mean, is how much worse is he than Ryan Davis? I don't know. Um, what if you call up, you know, Brandon Riley week 10, how much worse is he than Andre Holmes? I don't know. Sure. Um, but you know, that, that third round pick is there. Um, and it's there to be taken. And, and eventually, do you play Ryan Groy? He's definitely not worse than Vlad Dukas. So, um, you know, there are some there are some interesting perspectives there that we can get into later in the year. But um, something to keep think, an eye on. Absolutely. Keep an eye on as we hit week 10 following the Bills record. It's going to be an interesting conversation. And so we didn't get your score. You asked uh, Riley and I, what, what are you thinking for this weekend, man? You're going to be there, right? Yeah, I'll be there. I know Eric will be there. Um, so, I'll, you know, we'll. We'll give you live coverage from the stadium. But I mean, I'm thinking I've always said that the Bills would win this game pre, you know, preseason. Now, um, I, I, I even agree more. I think the Bills win at home 24 17. Um, I think it's, I don't think Jameis is going to be himself. I don't care if he plays. It's that's, that's, you can't, you can't ever account for pain. That's one thing that can get into anyone's head, including Aaron Rodgers, Tom right. Brady. Like, you know, pain is something that you can't just tell someone to play through. Um, that's why I mean, rest him, not because the injury is going to get worse, but because don't subject him to that. His confidence level, um, maybe getting another injury, not that same injury, but because you know, his confidence is on. There's a lot of things that could happen. I'd let Ryan Fitzpatrick play one game on the road. You know, that's why you signed, like Riley said, you gave him four and a half million dollars is to play, not to, to, to risk your starter um, going out there and burning his confidence. So I got 24 17 in the Bills victory. Um, I think the Bills control the ball. I don't think they can stop the run. This is going to be the game they get back on track. The offensive line plays a little bit better. Everyone's going to be buzzing at four and two. Bills were four and two last year, though, Aaron. So yep. um, it is something that they need to build on and not not go downward. So 
Um, oh yeah, no, and they got to. I really think they got to win three out of the next four to get me real excited the, and start talking. The schedule's about here right, right now. Right, it's right here right now. You get Kansas City and New England later in the year. You've got you've got big games against you know a tough New Orleans team now. I mean, but you got you got to sure. take care of the Jets. You got to take care of the Buccaneers. You got to take care of uh, potentially the Ra- uh, the Rams and the Raiders. Or excuse me, not the Rams, the Raiders and the uh, Chargers. Um, and yeah. these are teams. And the Chargers play. aren't dead yet. They're not. They're not out. Not quite, yeah, not quite. Yeah. They're on par with the Raiders. So you have two games right, right. there, and you need to take you need to take them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, especially when you you know you're faltering that that New England's going to take you um, definitely once, and, they, and and most likely they they're gonna they're gonna make a push to take it twice. So, um, in case you have a slip up against the Dolphins or you have a slip up against Andrew Luck and the Colts, which I'm hoping he just goes on IR. Um, that guy needs yeah, to get shut down. If I was them, yeah, he, they shouldn't even play in this year. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Weber set plays played okay. Um, yeah. see where he takes you seven and nine, six and ten. Sure. Don't risk your franchise guy. Um, shut him down. So yeah. um, shut him down. Shut him down. That helps the Bills. But if not, fine. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Andrew. Andrew Luck can go into any game if he comes back. Final four games, which he happens to play the Bills. One of those. If he comes back. Final five. Final six games. He can win any of them. Oh any yeah. Of them. Um, his team sucks, but that doesn't mean Andrew Luck can win games on his own. And he's gone ten and six with pretty bad teams. So, oh yeah, and he's still got um, guys that can catch. All he needs is a couple guys that catch the ball. So it presents you a slip up, Aaron, sure. um, against one of these teams, but it, not not if you don't take care of the Bucks, not if you don't k- take care of some of these teams. So I want to see the the Bills protect the home field, um, preach what Sean McDermott says. They're as bad as some of the injuries looked early on. They're only missing Clay and Humber. Um, it, it's a lot better than eighty percent of the teams right now in the NFL for sure. So oh yeah. Uh, and have we heard anything on uh, Clay? I know a lot of people are. We haven't had any questions today, but a lot of people are asking a timeline. Yeah, they keep saying week to week. So when McDermott's yeah. is week to week, he you're not going to get much there. No. Um, Humber is the tricky one to me. I don't know why he can't club it. Um, so there's something uh, silly going on there to me. As we, I thought he'd be back this week. I think Milano's play has allowed them Maybe. to give him some time to rest and and not Tom huge Rush drop off right there. Yeah. Yep. Tom says thirty to seventeen Bills. Um, I don't think I would love can- that. I don't think we give Tampa more than 10 points. So we got a couple of takes in there at home. I don't know. I think there's something to playing on the road. That's a lot tougher um, than Riley made it seem for his team that is, you know, struggling on defense that, you know, just got Molly walked by Arizona. Honestly, if it wasn't for a fit, couple of KG fits plays, that, that was a huge blowout. So, um, yeah. And the bills fans are going to be hyped up, right? It's been a long couple of weeks since we had a game at home. So uh, it's going to be a rough, rough crowd. Get some home, home field advantage. You got your quarterbacks arm ailing. Um, uh, you got a defense that's average at best. Who's um, uh Who's kicking for the Bucks these days too? We're, I'm seeing a lot of scores of like thirty seventeen. I know they've struggled with kicking. Um, if they're relying on their field goals a lot, how's that going to go? Um, I mean, uh, I I think that they they just re-signed uh, Aguayo. No, not Aguayo. Um. Patrick Murray, that's right. Their old, okay, kicker. Right, 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 their right. old kicker Murray came in and won the job. So, um, yep. hey, what are you going to do with Patrick Murray? Um, I mean, he's got to be better than Nick Folk. Yeah, So, um, someone says I give Riley his props. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks again, Riley, for coming on this show. Great conversation. Um, yeah, yep, he knows his stuff. Absolutely. You know, had a few technical difficulties, but we really liked having him on this show. Uh, Twenty-eight-three Bills defense from uh, Sal Wilson. Um, Shady has a day. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but I'm giving their offense a little bit more than three points. They're too good, even with the down. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is similar to AJ Green in the sense that he could break off a huge play at any point, and there's still some young guys on this defense. Um, 
expect some mistakes to happen. Yep, especially Mike Evans too. So you I mean you know, and oh, yeah. Martin's no slouch. So, um, although Braid, Braid's been having a great year. Yep, the Bills have been pretty good against tight ends, but he's he presents another challenge. Um, so you know, definitely his quarterbacks like Cam Braid. Uh, still weird. I still think it's weird that they they they. I wanted to ask Riley about this and forgot that they spent a pick on 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 Howard. Um, even I was they, huge on Howard. Me yeah, too, I wanted the Bills to get Howard so bad. There. They love Braid there. So it's just a little bit interesting that that's where they use their pick. Um, Actually, I like hmm. two of the uh, Bucks picks. I like Godwin, too. I liked uh, Howard and Godwin. Those are two guys I wanted for the Bills. And uh, I don't think Godwin's done anything for uh, Tampa Bay this year. I think he's buried on their death chart, that receiver okay. behind Humphreys and a couple other guys. So I don't know. I like Howard. Yes. He hasn't done a whole lot. He had one big play. So I'm not, I don't yep. think the Bills need to really worry about him. And, you know, Winston was pretty mad at him for not getting in the end zone against the Patriots on their last play and blamed it on Howard. So that is interesting. Um, Eduardo says Murray did good when he was at the Bucks a few years ago. Yeah, but kickers yeah. can change weekly, let alone seasonally. Um, right. As we saw from even Dan Carpenter, kind of that, that kind of thing where it, it, one thing could be off with your kicking motion, you're done in this league. So uh, and there's a lot of pressure in Tampa Bay for a kicker right now. Yeah, it's just like a pit of kicking despair. It's like just like compounds yeah. of confidence there oh. that you need to make the kicks, and it just only hurts every kicker that comes in. Personally, the the Guayo curse. But um, that's it for the show today, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Bills, uh, presented by actually MyBookie.io. Go to MyBookie, type in the you know promo code Locked On to get your fifty percent bonus. Uh, give it a go. There's some good scores out there to go ahead and bet. Um, MyBookie.io. Uh, give it a shout. You know, it's one of the best betting sites out there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really fun site to be on. Great user experience. Um, MyBookie.io. Once again, type in Locked On. Uh, this show is presented by MyBookie, so you know, give it a, give it a shout, give it a try. Um, Thanks for tuning in today um, from Kevin Masseri. You know where to find me at Kevin Masseri at cover one bills. Um, you know, you can find us on lo- at lockdown bills too. We're using that, you know, Twitter handle now between, you know, Eric, myself and others. So Aaron Quinn over there, um, Aaron, anything you're working on, anything you want to shout out? No, I'm uh, I think I'm going to go live after the game. So after the game, come check us out. It'll probably be somewhere around six thirty, seven o'clock. We'll be same place. We'll tweet it out. So come talk with us. Uh, give us your post game thoughts, reactions. I know Kevin's going to be at the game, so we're going to be missing him this weekend. But uh, keep an eye out for that. We're going to be. You'll have enough coverage one. with the, the the flaming hot takes that you'll you'll, That's right. you'll be able to. Post games are good because you'll have so many flaming hot takes to, to take oh, care. it's gonna be either way, be and you'll have you'll have a lot of stuff to take care of. Special shout out to Riley. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on here, Riley. Um, we we thank you again uh, for giving us your Tampa coverage. As there is no locked on buck, so you know he picked up the slack there for this crossover show. Thanks, Riley, uh, for for doing that for us. Uh, from Kevin Masseri, Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. We appreciate everyone tuning in every week.